about. This is uh, something new I'm starting called Film Streak. And what this is, is every day, every day of the year, I'm going to watch a new movie. And it's a new movie that is something, it, it can mean that it's just something I've never heard of. It's something that I've been meaning to watch for a long time. Basically something I have not seen before. It could be just something totally random. So we're just going to give this a try and see how long this can go. That's why we're calling it a streak. I'm going to try and do it for a whole year, just every day. See what I can see. What I can see. And I'll talk about those. I'll talk about uh, each film and kind of give you my take on it. Um, maybe they'll be good. Maybe there'll be some duds, but uh, we'll see. So uh, let me uh, let me jump right into this. Okay, so we've got seven. I did the first week, right? Just knocked out seven in a row. Actually, eight, because I watched another one today. The first film I, I want to talk about is uh, is just kind of random. Amazon Prime recommendation just kind of popped up on my home screen or, or whatever. Uh, it's Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. It's directed by Gus Van Sand, stars Joaquin Phoenix, Jonah Hill. Um, and I really didn't know much about it. All I knew was this was right around the time that the Joker came out. So I think Joaquin Phoenix was definitely on a different wavelength uh, in, in the kind of the popular, popular culture. So seeing this film, I think came around the same time, very different, right? Very different take. And it's sometimes it's hard to believe this is the same guy who was in both of these movies, but it's a movie about, uh, a, it's a true story. It's based on an artist called John Callahan and set in the seventies. And as a, as a young guy, he's dealing with drinking and uh, alcoholism and struggling with that. And he ends up getting into a car accident and basically um, is paralyzed and struggling with that kind of the recovery process and, and trying to heal himself while also dealing with his addiction and recovery. It's uh, it's pretty heavy stuff. Um, and part of that process is he finds art. He finds art as a kind of a therapy, as an outlet to express himself and to make some money and to just have something to do in his life. So I really thought it was interesting that that was the outcome of it. And the the fact that it takes the subject of, of addiction and recovery and, and how those things can change your life. If you do them, if you participate, if you go through the process. So seeing that all play out was really well done. Um, you know, Gus Van Sant directed this. So I think it's kind of typical of his movies. It's very natural, very realistic take. There's not a lot of like crazy, you know, theatrics. Um, even Jonah Hill, who's kind of known for a comedy and stuff, he plays it pretty restrained, pretty mild. Uh, still some, you know, charming and, you know, comfortable to see as a character and, and how he interacts, but he doesn't go over the top. He doesn't get, you know, crazy and loud and all that stuff. And so, I really liked it. I really was surprised by it. I just had never heard of it before. And, you know, compared to some of the higher profile things that Joaquin Phoenix has done, I feel like this one just flew right under the radar. Uh, and most people probably never even gave it a chance or, or just saw it anywhere. So definitely one to check out. Definitely want to pick that up. Um, if you see it, it's on Amazon Prime. I think it might even be like an Amazon exclusive, but there might be other ways you can watch it. Day number two, I saw, um, it's a movie that I, <laughs> I meant to see many years ago and just never did. And it's 2001's Ghost World, directed by Terry Zwigoff, 
Uh, it stars Thor Burge, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Buscemi. And it's a, it's kind of a, a little bit of like a coming of age tale, but one of those where, you know, it's very much, I think, from the perspective of teenage, you know, the, the kind of youth culture, especially at the time. You know, I, I feel like there's some things and even some of the way the characters dress and the way they act that is very much of like that late 90s, 2000s era. And I don't know, I feel like kids, teenagers these days are probably not like this anymore. And so and and yet at the same time, it still kind of has like an adult take on it. Like you can tell this was not written by teenagers, by people who are just out of high school. So it, it's kind of a weird mix. Actually, I just, uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I've always heard about it. And part of it is also that it's related to art. And one of the characters has to take an art class. Um, so, you know, there's some, some of the kind of eye rolling, like whatever attitude in respect to art and, and being creative and expressing yourself. And I don't know, I, maybe if I saw it back then, or when I was closer to that age, uh, it would have hit me in a, in a more relevant way. But watching it now, like as an adult, as a someone who's probably more relating to the older characters in the movie than the the kids, the main characters, I I don't know. It just didn't really didn't really sit right. And it, honestly, it was kind of like it's kind of high on the creep factor. Like these young girls are kind of mixing in with like like adults, like real adults who have adult lives and have to deal with adult problems uh, and kind of just rolling their eyes and taking it all, you know, as a laugh. Uh, I don't know. It didn't really sit right with me. Now, maybe, like I said, for a younger person, maybe you're into it. Maybe that's something that uh, it, it hits you in the right way. Um, but watching it all these years later, uh, nah, I think I'll pass and give it a shot if you want. Um, I think I saw it on I want to say it was on a Criterion channel. So they've got it kind of up there right now. So maybe you can see it there. Day number three was interesting because I thought I would kind of keep this whole thing uh, in the field of like feature films, uh, narrative films. And I finally wanted to see or got around to seeing this documentary about the Rolling Stones called Give Me Shelter. Now, I'm sure many people, I'm super late to the party. I just, I am. The movie came out in 1970, and so it's clearly been around. People who know the music, people who are fans, they've seen this or they know about this. And what it is, though, it's a documentary about the Rolling Stones and their concert at Altamont. Uh, was it Motor Speedway or you know the racetrack? And basically, that's where people died during the concert. And, uh, you know, part of me has always wanted to see it because uh as much as i might like the rolling stones music and their kind of style their 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 attitude at least um it was always tainted by knowing about this event but not necessarily knowing the details or not knowing how things played out so getting to actually watch this film and even watching them watch the footage because it starts with the show but then it it kind of goes into them watching it in like the editing bay. They're watching the film being played back. And, you know, part of it is seeing their expressions of um, confusion and maybe not even knowing what to do or what to make of what has happened. And they were all there. 
So it's not like this is new to them. They just, they're seeing it through a different lens. And so that was interesting to watch that play out and to see not only the buildup of it, of like this event was going to already kind of be problematic to begin with because it was just so haphazardly thrown together and seemed kind of spontaneous. Like nobody really had a clear plan on what to do. And then to see the, 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 the stones go on and do their show, which is what they're there to do. But to see how out of control the crowd gets and the hell's angels being an element of like, I guess, security, uh, to basically rough everybody up and eventually ends up with people getting killed. And so, you know, considering what happened recently, uh, here in Houston, here in, in, in my city with Travis Scott and Astral World and that event. And yeah, it's a different situation. But still, lives were lost, and it was a tragedy. And, you know, there's lessons to be learned there about what to do or what not to do. But yet, to think that it's not necessarily anything new, that this has happened before. And, yeah, sure, it probably won't happen like that in the future. But still, that, you know, a crowd of people that can get unruly, that can get uh, out of control, it can end up really badly. So, Gimme Shelter was uh, kind of eye-opening because I... I always had that sense about the stones and even their music. It just seemed kind of like tinged with this like danger, this kind of wild, wild side to it. And so seeing it play out and, and not because of the music, but like in concert with the music. Uh, yeah, it really, it really changes your, your opinion on, uh, maybe what they are and what they mean to people. Um, so, I, I would recommend it. If you're a fan of the music, definitely check it out. If you're a fan of the band, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, how a band like that reacts to such an, uh, such an event. So that's a recommendation. I, I, I recommend that one. Um, after that, I saw another film, day four. Now we're talking about, um, I saw a film called together and it came out, in 2021 and basically it's it's just three characters three that's four three characters and really only two of them talk so let's let's do the math so it starts it stars james mcavoy uh and a, an actress i never heard of before but um she was really really powerful and i i, I feel like her name was like sharon horgan or something like that um sorry if i missed up the name but Still, the idea is that this, this couple that is kind of at odds with each other, but they're trapped in their house. I say trapped. They're under quarantine in their house during COVID, during lockdown in the UK. And so it's interesting to see on, on two levels, uh, the dynamic between a couple that is maybe on the, on the outs and maybe about to break up, but then they're kind of forced to stay together. Uh, to kind of uh, isolate and just, you know, go into a holding pattern until things get better out in the world. And so on top of that, though, there's the larger, like the bigger picture, the reaction to COVID itself and the spread and the the policies and the way that like, the government has handled it and the way society is handling it. So to see that all play out like on two different levels uh, where you have characters talking about 
the things they don't like about each other. And, and this is the other thing. So it's also like done direct address. Like the characters are talking right to the camera in between talking to themselves. And so it's a little disoriented at first, but once you start to understand, like, this is just very loose kind of, uh, unstructured narrative. I mean, it jumps through time. Um, you know, you may have scenes where it's one long take where there's no cuts and the camera just kind of moves through the apartment and follows them and follows the, the flow of, of their dialogue and their interaction with each other. And then it will change into like a more standard kind of cut, you know, uh, back and forth dialogue scene. Um, and I think it's more to show that it, their way of interacting with each other is sometimes different than the way they interact with the world because they're at odds with each other. But yet at the same time, you know, maybe you have to present a certain uh, facade to public or, you know, to the rest of the world. And so it's interesting to see the way they handled that, like their kind of public face and then how things start to break down when they just go at each other. Um, and so, you know, it's very, very minimal. I mean, it's, it all takes place in one location and it's all, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's two characters. There's a, there's a child in the mix, but he has maybe only a couple of lines and he's always in the outside of the scenes. He's never like part of the scenes. So, you know, there's something to be said about that too. It's like, what, what, what role or what place does a child have in, 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 with a couple that is having problems? And so there, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of interesting commentary about, you know, family dynamics and relationships. Um, but then also the bigger picture of how COVID has just disrupted and maybe changed all that from now on. So I'd recommend it. Just if you just have nothing else to watch, um, it's pretty slow paced. It's not really, um, you know, it's not, um, it's not a big showcase for acting. It's, it's very kind of naturalistic. And so, you know, I could see maybe somebody getting just tired and just turning it off, but give it a shot if you, if you're interested. For me, it particularly hit in a certain way because I was in isolation. I was in quarantine with COVID just, you know, earlier this year or right at the end of last year and right at the beginning of this year. So it was interesting to see that, uh, the feelings that I felt and the things that I was, the way I was seeing things was not unusual. It's happened to people for the last two years now, and I'm sure it will keep happening as long as this is a thing out in the world. So maybe give it a watch, see what you think. Um, after that, I watched, oh, by the way, together, I think that is on, if I remember right, I think that is on Amazon Prime. But after that, I watched a movie called, this is number five, I watched A Walk Among the Tombstones. Now, this was a movie that I had heard about. I mean, this came out in 2014. I had heard about it back then. I just didn't really know what kind of film it was. So when I actually got to watch it, uh, I was kind of surprised. I remember thinking, actually, at the time when it came out, I remember thinking, is this some kind of like supernatural thriller where he like deals with some, I don't know, ghosts or demons or something? I just, I, you know, the poster and the title and all that, I, it can be a little misleading if you're not sure what you're getting into. And actually watching it, though, it's pretty heavy, pretty dark uh, crime drama thriller um that you know if Liam Neeson hadn't gone on this run over the last 
15 years of doing all of these, uh, I, I don't know. I would just want to call them like old man action movies, you know, uh, I guess started with taken and kind of proceeded on from there into all these other movies that after a while, they start to feel all like the same movie over and over. And he's still doing them. They're still coming out. I think there was one just a few months ago called the marksman, something like that. And this one though, it's not really one of those movies. And at the same time, it is super dark. It is super uh, gritty. Um, and actually it's based on a novel, which I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but it's interesting to see like uh, the kind of detective. Actually, he's not a detective. He's a private detective uh, who's on the case trying to track down, you know, someone's missing wife and ends up finding out that there's this. Mm, how do you say they're not like a, a, they're just actually they're just psychos. It's just a pair of psychos that are kidnapping people, holding them for ransom, but actually killing them and getting the ransom and they're getting, you know, basically they're getting off on it. They're like recording it. They're, you know, having fun with it, which is really kind of disturbing. Um, but at the same time, you see that this character is really dealing with a past that it, 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 at the beginning of the film, there's kind of a scene that shows us something that happened to him, but it's not until later in the film, you see the whole thing. You really understand why he's, basically damaged and why he's willing to take this case that, uh, you know, if he ran into these guys, which he does, it's almost certainly a suicide mission. And you start to understand why he's like willing to do that, willing to put himself in so much danger uh, when you understand what happened to him in the past. So I don't, I thought it was very different than kind of a cookie cutter action movie that he's, you know, been known for more recently, but this was one that uh, I was, pretty surprised by and uh uh i'd recommend it i'd recommend it It, this is one probably one that feels more like a movie more like a genre movie of all these that i've seen so far because it's very kind of crime centered and you know deals with like drug dealers and uh murder and serial killers and that kind of thing so it's it's a little pulpy it's a little bit gritty um actually it's a lot gritty but uh and it's pretty violent um, but, uh, I'd recommend it. I'd say, give it a shot. Um, that one, I think I caught through, uh, Universal Studios. They have this reward program, Universal Rewards or something like that, where they basically give you free codes to digital movies, um, every month. And that was one of them for January, 2022. So maybe that's something, if you know about that program, if you buy digital movies, um, go sign up for that. And I think you can get that code for that. There's some other ones in there too, but that's one that seemed kind of interesting to me. And so the next one, um, now this one was, uh, I think it actually is like brand new. I think it just came out and it's on Netflix and it's called the lost daughter. And it's got uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, Dakota Johnson, uh, it's directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think. Um, this one was really interesting because I didn't know anything about this really going in. I like the, I like the talent involved. I like everybody involved. Um, I just didn't really know what it was about. I really thought reading the description was about a girl who went missing and yeah, that's part of it. There's, there's an incident that happens, but it's really about, it's really about some really harrowing kind of, uh, unsettling stuff. 
And, you know, I feel like this is really a film that's geared for a specific audience and which is fine. That's great. But, uh, you know, if you're not a parent, if you've never, you know, been involved with raising children, um, this might be a film that you might not understand, or you might just get bored with, or you just might skip altogether. And that's fine. But if you are a parent, if you've dealt with children and had that, you know, part of your life, uh, either if you're going through it now, or if you've been through it in the past, the lost daughter is really something that, uh, man, it's really hard to stomach. Some parts of it are really hard because it's about a woman who is, um, who is suddenly kind of overtaken. She's on vacation. She's, you know, had some, a couple of incidents. There's a girl that goes missing. Then she's found and she finds her. She finds this girl, takes her back to her family. And it starts to kind of, you know, summon up all of these, all of these memories of her raising her daughters and the struggle she had with it. Not only, you know, raising kids and being a mother, but also trying to, you know, push her career forward and, and excel in that way. And, you know, where she makes maybe choices that maybe choices that people wouldn't necessarily make, you know, in the right mind, but also she makes choices for herself. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But when you do that at the sacrifice of your family, especially your children, it can all go wrong. And this character this movie really shows how that happens and so it was really interesting to see that um you know the thing i took away from it is and i already kind of knew it anyway but the thing i took away from it is not everyone's cut out to be a parent not everyone has it or or can see their way to it um you know anybody can have a child but not everybody can raise a child and, and teach and grow and learn. I mean, you know, there's a part of raising children that really requires you to learn too. You know, you are not just teaching and putting your knowledge onto them. You have to be open to that coming your way too. And so, you know, when you see a character who is just stunted, who cannot, handle this and is able to identify it in other characters you know um that's really um it's a little bit puzzling but it's also i know it's real i know there are people like that 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 parenthood is not their thing and yet they have to find a way through it and maybe they find maybe they don't find a way through it and so it's interesting the outcome of this movie i you know i don't want to give it away or anything but it's really an interesting take on that premise of how do you be a parent when you're really not parent material? So anyway, that's another one to recommend. Um, but only for a specific audience. If you're not a parent, you might want to, you might want to catch up with it later. But, uh, if you are, or if you know people who are parents, this might be kind of eye opening or, or, uh, it might be cathartic in a way, even, you know, if you've dealt with these kinds of things yourself. So check that one out for sure. It's on Netflix. Um, I watched a movie called The Hero. And this was a movie that uh, I'd heard about a long time ago. And it's got, it stars Sam Elliott. And 
It's about uh, an aging actor who's in his 70s, who basically his time, his prime was a long time ago. You know, he had one big hit way early in his career. And ever since then, he's just kind of been coasting on that and, you know, making a living doing like commercial work and and basically struggling based on one, you know, moment of fame or, or glory or whatever that he had decades ago. So, you know, it starts with him doing voiceover for a commercial and it's Sam Elliott. So the voice is his voice and you get why that's what he's doing. And yet, if you know Sam Elliott or, you know, actors of that caliber who've been around for so long, they're, they've, they've been around for a reason. And so you can, you can almost feel it like it's a little bit autobiographical where he is really kind of, uh, going through some of the real things. And I'm sure he really, the, the actor has really gone through. And so part of the story is he ends up getting, uh, a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, which, um, you know, if you're familiar with how that works, um, you know, it's the thing that, uh, once you get it, I mean, it can accelerate really fast and it can basically take you down, take you out in relatively short time. And it's funny, Sam Elliott starred in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze, who did get pancreatic cancer and did die of it, like within a year or so, if I remember right. So it's just an odd coincidence, maybe. But anyway, the 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 film really kind of uh, goes into that, the nature of what it means to basically age out, you know, to kind of be unseen again. And... You know, he gets, uh, he gets involved with different people. He, um, goes to a film, like appreciation film convention type of event. And he starts to see that people really still love him and the work that he did. But he doesn't, he doesn't identify with that. He identifies with basically ha- having been a loser for the last 40 years. Um, so it's interesting to, to watch it through that lens, you know. There was a movie that also came out. I mean, I think it was right around the same time. This was like 2017. It was Burt Reynolds' last movie, if I if I understand right. And it was called The Last Movie Star. And Burt Reynolds was in it. And I've always been a fan of Burt Reynolds. So I definitely wanted to see this. Well, I mean, it was about him going to a film festival some small independent film festival, a very kind of slapped together type of affair. And, uh, yeah, they were going to basically give him like a, a lifetime achievement award, that kind of thing. And so they, you know, he takes a road trip with a young girl to kind of get there, you know? Um, and as he goes through this, you know, on his journey there, he kind of relives and, and goes through that, you know, that emotional journey of trying to make, you know, make peace with the career he's had and the things that he's done. And, and it's interesting. They show, they did a cool thing in that movie, uh, where they showed clips of Burt Reynolds earlier movies and they put the old Burt Reynolds. I mean, this was him seventies, eighties into the footage. So there's a, there's a clip or a scene from smoking the bandit where young Burt Reynolds is driving the car and Olbert Reynolds is riding in the passenger seat and he's talking to himself, which uh, it's inventive. 
The problem, I think, with that film was that you could see that Burt Reynolds was really kind of, kind of done. And, and in a way it was, it was nice. It was a great like gesture to, to celebrate this actor. And I'm sure the filmmakers and everybody involved were fans and wanted to do this more of a, maybe as a passion project. And I get it and I'm down with it, but you could tell Burt Reynolds was really, he was done. And so that one was kind of hard to stomach, but this, I'll tell you this, the hero, it's interesting because Sam Elliott, look, Sam Elliott to me has always been 70 years old. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the voice. I don't know if it's his demeanor and, and the way he kind of carries himself. He's always seemed like a much older guy, even 30 years ago. So, but here you can see that he's not done. He's still got it. He's still got, there's fire there, you know? I mean, if you saw, I think the last like super high profile thing he was in was A Star is Born. And even in that, I mean, he's, it's still, he's still a superstar. And so this, seeing this was really, it reminded me. And it's like, I feel like it's good that they do this. It's good that you make a movie with uh, a famous actor or talent that, still has it and do it to celebrate them while they're still here. Don't do it later. Don't do it after they're gone. Do it while they're here with them, make them a part of this. You know, that's how you really celebrate them. So I'd give that one a recommendation for sure. The hero 2017 with Sam Elliott. That was probably one of the better ones I've seen. And it's quiet. It's not really uh, over the top or too dramatic. It's actually funny. There's a lot of drug use in it, which I didn't, you know, I, 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 I got to think just watching the performance, I got to think Sam Elliott knows his drugs because it is pretty convincing. I, I just saying, okay. My man looked like he got there. So anyway, um, after that, Oh, uh, let's see. What did I watch after that? After that? Now, this is probably going to be the first dud. It's probably going to be the first dud. Um, it's a movie on HBO Max called Reminiscence. And it's got Hugh Jackman. It's got Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, who else is in it? Tandy Newton's in it. Um, it's really kind of high concept. Mm, a little bit like Inception-ish a little bit like kind of noir detective story and also science fiction in there. So it's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit, uh, uh, convoluted and, uh, none of it really comes together. The performances are fine. There's no chemistry. Eventually I stopped kind of caring like who's doing what or why. And even the whole kind of backdrop of, I, I guess, climate change and the cities and different parts of the country being flooded. And yeah, I, I get why it was in there, but it could have been easily just t- set today in today's world. And maybe it actually would have been a little more interesting or a little more engaging because I could pay attention strictly to what these characters are going through versus everything that's around them that, may or may not be a factor. So I don't know. I'm going to give that one a pass. I mean, check it out if you want. You got plenty of free time. You got nothing else to do. But otherwise, 
he might cross that one off the list. So anyway, those are the first ones I've seen so far. And uh, we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, maybe this will be uh, something that uh, I can do every week. I don't know. Maybe I'll do them a few at a time. I might even try to like group them into like themes or, or maybe like actors, you know, uh, like different films that the same actor has been in. Don't know. Don't know. But we'll see. Okay. So stay tuned. Just uh, we'll see what comes next. All right. So anyway, this is Film Streak. I'm Rob and see you later. Thank you.